Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> so it's been a while, B. What's going on? How you doing, man? How do you how, how was your Thanksgiving? How was your Thanksgiving? I just I gotta ask, but I enjoyed the meal. I enjoyed the time with my family. I did not, however, enjoy watching football that day. Um, and I think that's where we should start, right where we left off with our Thanksgiving special. And we talked about the Washington football team versus the Dallas Cowboys. And I had a hard time giving you a hard time because honestly, I know how you get. You get sad. You don't get angry and you can't just pick someone apart and pick on them if if they're sad. So I say that about the Cowboys. Y'all are just sad. sad. Y'all are sad. I ruined dessert at my family's Thanksgiving dinner. The th- we we ate uh, we started eating around like four thirty five o'clock, so the, it was still a pretty good game. You know, Mari Cooper had a nice long touchdown. I had some momentum. I was talking to my grandmother uh, with a mask, socially distanced, of course. Don't want to um, you know put her in the grave, but I was having a good day. And then as the game went on, you know, the pumpkin pie got brought out, and then I just decided to go sit in the living room by myself. And I watched the game on my phone. Unfortunately, I did watch it to the end. We hung in there. But then the uh, the Montez Sweat pick six at the end of the game brought the final score to an embarrassing 41 to 16. You were very kind to me, though, on Thanksgiving. I appreciate it. But I think the floor is yours, man. Um, you yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be kind. I'm going to cut you off right there. I'm going to go ahead and tell you at a combined... Combined score between both games, 66 for the Washington football, 19 for the Dallas Cowboys. Never beat the Washington football team. The Cowboys, I repeat, have never beat the Washington football team, and I hope that extends to 2021. Chase Young, John Allen, Ron Payne, Cole Holcomb, that whole front seven. Zeke and Tony Pollard combined for a... 47 yards total in rushing. So that will get on the running game. hundred percent. Yes. Um, now I will say when Zach Martin went down, I knew we had it because that is the glue that sticks your O line together. And that was probably the biggest loss of the game for you. Right. When that happened, I knew the momentum would change. You didn't have a captain. I don't know. Is Zach Martin a captain? I just know that he's great in that locker room. Zach's, a, Zach's captain? a captain. Yeah. He's AKA a the gob. We call him the gob. And uh, yeah, when the gob went anyways, down, Antonio Gibson, 115 yards, three touchdowns on Thanksgiving tied a rookie record for touchdowns. 
holding it with Randy Moss. Pretty good um, company. Pretty good company to have. Pretty good company. I will say that I think you guys are done for the year. Yes, I, in regards I said that. to playoff contention. Yeah, I said that two weeks ago. I, I'd like to note, but before our Thanksgiving special, you asked me when we were both sitting at three and seven, do you consider me a contender? And I said no. And you said yes. And it looks like you're proving, um, although you're not in first place, that you still are a contender for this division. I want to stand on my soapbox real quick and not pretend like I was sitting here saying, no, we, I, we've been done and we are officially now very done. Understood. And that's all I got for you. I don't want to beat you up too bad. I just wanted to get some stats out there. And, and I, I really, I love my defense and well, we all, we, everybody knows how much you love the Washington football defense. Uh, okay. That's all I got to say. I mean, the Cowboys have given up 146 points total all year. Uh, ranked number one. I'm sorry, ranked last in the league. So it, it's we're, been a struggle a for you, team, man. We're a bad team. Um, we played a bad game on Thanksgiving in front of America. It's embarrassing, as you said. Uh, our right tackle, who really should be our right guard, if we had a, a full arsenal offensive line, but our best offensive lineman, who was playing right tackle, Zach Martin, went down, as well as our starting left tackle, Cameron Irving, went down, both in the first quarter. And uh, myself, much like you, I knew the game was over right then and there. Ezekiel Elliott, you know what? I want to take back everything I said on Thanksgiving, okay? Because you and I were together. There was libations flowing. I apologized to Zeke. I apologized to Mike McCarthy. I apologized to Mike Nolan. Nope. Taking the apologies back. Ezekiel Elliott, fat cat, fumbled for his sixth time this season. League leading sixth fumble for Ezekiel Elliott. And that really summed up the game for me. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Mike McCarthy. How about, George, going for a fake punt on our own 20-yard line? That was that bad. Was, I, didn't, I didn't understand that when I really – I was trying to figure it out. I didn't know. It wasn't even like a momentum changer. It was just kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's like you're on playing Madden and you're just kind of like, I don't know. I'm playing you know, the computer. I'm just going to screw around. and play. you know That's what he was doing. You're not on the sticks, McCarthy. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You guys were up by two scores at that point, and it was the beginning of the fourth quarter. So it's like if we make a stop, we're still in the game. But obviously, you guys got the ball at the 20-yard line. Antonio Gibson scores his third touchdown of the game, as you already stated. And uh, after that, we get the ball back again. Montez Sweat has that monstrous pick six, and that's what made it look like the blowout that it was. But it was he's embarrassing, so man. Oh, no, he's, no, he's a long athlete. So so, so is John Allen. Uh, you know, so, uh, so is Chase Young. You guys have a lot of length on that D-line as well as a lot of strength. And it's scary. And uh, you guys dominated us. I don't want to talk much more about it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm mad. I, I'm mad at Zeke, uh, first and foremost, for fumbling again. I'm, I'm mad at Coach McCarthy for the horrible play calling. And most of all, I'm mad at myself, man, because I bought into that facade that was the Vikings victory a few weeks ago. Um, when we moved Zach out to right tackle, Zeke had his first 100-yard game. I didn't believe we were a contender, but I'm like, okay, we can salvage this season and maybe end and win our last three of, of our last five and get some momentum going into 2021. That is completely not going to happen. We're probably going to finish the year with the four wins that we got. No, excuse me, we only have three wins. And we're probably going to finish four and 12, um, get a top five draft pick. So I'm looking forward to that. What I'm not looking forward to is uh, talking about the New York Giants versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This game was uh, – now we're uh, kicking it over to the Sunday games. This game was terrible, man. Um, Daniel Jones was playing a turnover-free football game. Again, 
Daniel playing well, uh, but he pulled a hammy. Um, he went out for a few plays, and your boy Colt 45, a.k.a. Colt McCoy, came in. Um, didn't exactly light the world on fire. And then Daniel tried to come back in. Um, they ran the ball a few times, but the first pass he threw, he uh, came up limping. So it's a pulled hammy. They say he's week to week. He's definitely going to miss this week coming up. But the offense looked inept as soon as Daniel was out of the game. Uh, the Giants did run the football well. Uh, Wayne Gallman had 24 carries for 94 yards and a touchdown. It seems like Wayne Gallman is really taking uh, that backfield by the reins now. They were doing uh, more of an RBBC, which is an acronym for running back by committee, with by Gallman. Committee. Uh, yes, yeah, big word there. Um, but with Gallman and our boy Alfred Morris, as well as Devontae Freeman, and a little Deion Lewis, but in this game, they totally gave the ball to Wayne Gallman and let him be their lead back, and he led them to victory. I mean, it was it was a terrible game. Uh, the Bengals did have the longest play of the season. They had a 103-yard kickoff return, but other than that, uh, they scored one more garbage-time touchdown. Uh, T. Higgins scored um, to make the game 19-17, but the Giants got the win, so we can't take that away from them, and they are in first place in the NFC East because they swept the Washington football team. So although you guys broke out the brooms on us, you guys cannot finish this season tied with the Giants or else you will not be getting that home playoff game. It will go to the New York football Giants. And Shout out to uh, Dustin Hopkins for ruining that for us, but go ahead. Yeah, keep blaming your kicker for all of your struggles. That'll get you far, okay? Now, last and uh, certainly least, although the Eagles are not in last place, that belongs to my Dallas Cowboys. They played like a last place team on Monday Night Football. They had a tough matchup against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, and this was an ugly, ugly game, man. I do want to shout out my boy DK Metcalf. Had a career-high 177 receiving yards, and he was really um, all that the Seahawks had going. But the Eagles had absolutely nothing going for them. But I don't want to talk about the Seahawks too much, and I excuse me, the Eagles too much, and I know you don't want to talk about them either. But we do have somebody who does. My good friend Edward Prince, aka Ed's Wings and Tings. My boy makes some of the most fire food from the Bahamas you will ever have. So look him up on IG, Ed's Wings and Tings. But he is as much of a diehard is that Eagles. T with a T. I just want to make sure Wings and Tings. I T I N G S. You know, it's that little Bahamian Ed's Wings and Tings. So look that up. He has some fire food. Um, but, dude, he's as diehard of an Eagles fan as I am a Cowboys fan, and you are a Washington football team fan. So he wanted to share his uh, dismay with us. So, Ed, how do you feel about your dirty birds? Be well. What it do, baby? First off, love what you and George are doing with the podcast. Y'all keep doing what y'all are doing. Shit is hilarious. Loving it. Now I'm down to business. Bro, I am strongly considered disowning my loyalty to the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> franchise. I have not been so disappointed in a team since, I don't know, after since Jeff Garcia was the starting quarterback. You know that's a loyal fan when he's shouting out the Jeff Garcia years. I actually don't mind Jeff Garcia, man. I think he was pretty good with the Niners. Pretty good at the Niners, but if you remember his time with the Eagles, that was a struggle bus. So I mean, I do not. So I could imagine. I do not yes. remember that, but I can imagine. All right, Ed, onward. The main problem I have with the Eagles is Carson Wentz has been trashed this year. Great. If it was Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, Jeff Garcia, Doug Peterson, if any of those four people was the starting quarterback. 
they would have been hung to high heaven. I think Carson is benefiting off COVID, having no fans in the stands. He's not getting bottles thrown at him when he's going into the tunnel. <laughs> he's not getting people calling him, get the fuck out of the city. All like None of that is happening because COVID is saving his ass. It's a very good point. I mean, Carson went struggling as bad as he is. If those fans were in the stands, dude, come hell or high water, dude. Carson's not making it to the parking lot after some of these performances. Now, the only, only on top of that, you got uh, Doug Peterson not knowing what to really do with him because he's slumming so much. And I, I went think back to when he was killing the league back in like tw- when when we won the Super Bowl that year. Frank Wright was the offensive coordinator, and now he's in Indianapolis balling with Phillip Rivers, and before he was there balling with Andrew Luck. So who was the real quarterback whisperer? Was it really Doug Peterson or was it Frank Wright? Hmm. So now you remove that man from the sitcho, and you get this clusterfuck of a quarterback trying to recreate what he did a couple years ago. It ain't going to happen. The defense is trash. I've never seen a defense so predicated on putting everything into the front four. You have not one notable linebacker. You got Darius Slay versus everybody else. I feel sorry for that, man. <laughs> you let go of brother Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, Jalen Mills, he's a corner. He I don't know what he's doing at safety. On the offensive side, no one decided to be healthy. Again, you have, I don't know how many receivers are out. The whole old line is decided, like, you know what? I'm going to take this year off. Let me tear my Achilles. Let me, let me, let me pop my, uh, my bicep or whatever the case may be. It's so, like no one decides to be healthy. And you got Carson Wentz just trying to, he's like Brett Favre combined with Mark Sanchez. <laughs> like, damn, you're good. But damn it, you're going to butt fumble one of, one of these days. So I don't know, bro. I don't know. Um, the future is not looking good for anything. I'm not. I, I, I hope we lose every single game for the rest of the year so we can get a top 10 pick. It would be crazy to see three of the teams in the NFC East all picking within the top 12 of, of next year's draft. That would be Fucking disgusting. Excuse my French, but don't excuse my French. Get the Eagles the fuck up out of there. The I sad to say, I think the, the division leaders or who's going to win the division is between the Giants and the Washington football team. I, it pains yes, me to say that. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. And if I had to put money on it, it'll be the Washington football team simply because they have a healthy quarterback. Daniel Jones Cinderella. out. Dak Prescott is probably not going to be 100% next year. Carson Wentz is just stupid. <laughs> Alex Smith is the feel-good story of the year. So I'm like, I, I can't be mad at that, man. Like, I'm rooting for He had the Joe Theismann injury and is out there still playing football. By all means, get it, my man. So, Eagle Trash, probably the worst team in the division right now. And that's saying something because the Cowboys even look worse. <laughs> yes. Can, nobody can stop a cold and some bullshit. <laughs> All right, B. Wills, y'all be easy.
And there's well, my boy, you, Ed, man. Edward that was Prince amazing. With a profanity-laced tirade against his Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. But you can tell him in, in Ed's voice, man, uh, he's a passionate fan, and he's also a knowledgeable fan. And he knows, much like I know, our clubs are struggling right now. And shout out, he picked the Washington football team to win the division. Which, like, I and think was a, that was a great diagnosis, and like no one other than the Philadelphia Eagles, as far as fans, you are the best about being sincere on how much you hate your team. Yeah. I will say that because that is that's been known. The Eagles are great at hating their team, and that was a great diagnosis of what's been going on. I think that the Eagles have great talent. I don't see the Eagles being nearly as bad in 2021. I think Carson eventually gets there. I've always kind of had Carson's back. I don't know why, but uh, you guys need receivers and you need to get healthy. And I agree. The offensive line kind of, you know, since the start of the season B, right? I mean, they've been banged up since the start of the season and all last year with the receivers, they're not getting lucky with the injuries and you know, we haven't either in the past. So I feel you on that, but uh, invest in the front seven though. I like the front four. I, I want to keep those guys around. If it's I'm 2020 man. Everyone's dealing with injuries. I vehemently disagree with you on Carson Wentz. I think he is a broken quarterback. I think Ed had a great point yeah. that Frank Reich took that talent out the door with him. We're talking about a man who leads the league in being sacked, leads the league in interceptions. And you can, a lot of people are saying, oh, these receivers, they're not good. They're not getting separation. He also leads the league in off target passes. So it is a remember, Carson yeah. Wentz problem. I do not see it getting any better despite the talent around him. Um, I want to stick in Philadelphia, though, as we look forward to week 13. And I think 13 is such a good number for the NFC East this week because that is an unlucky number. And I believe that all four NFC East teams are going to be very unlucky this week. We are going on the road to four quality opponents. And we're going to start with Philly, who is traveling to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field to face MVP candidate Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, who are just coming off of an ass whooping of the Green of excuse me of of the Chicago Bears. They really opened it up, man. A Rod is playing as good as he's played in a long time, man. Um, it's, it's him and him and Mahomes are one two in the MVP race right now, and Philadelphia has no momentum going on a short week um, on the road. It, this is going to be ugly, man. I see Green Bay winning this game big. How about you? I got nothing to say about this game, honestly. I just think it's pretty obvious. I think we're on the same page here. I'm not sure the spread, but I'm sure it's pretty lopsided. I think that Philly's just – they're out of it, man. They they know they're out of it, and they, they're just waiting to the end of the year, and I think Ed would agree, me, agree with me on, uh, on, on that statement. So we'll see. We'll see. For sure. All right, well, let's talk about the first place team in the NFC East. Uh, that is the New York Football Giants who will be playing with a former Washington football. Actually, he was a Washington Redskin. We can say that. Former Washington Redskin quarterback, Colt McCoy. And they're traveling to Seattle, a team who just got done beating Philadelphia. And that's a tough place to play too, man. Although there will, there will be no fans up in the Pacific Northwest. Russell Wilson is balling right now. Um, they've got Chris Carson back healthy and Carlos Hyde. A hell of a one-two punch at running back. Both very physical, bruising runners. So I do not see Philadelphia slowing down the running game. I do not see them slowing down the league leader in receiving yards, who is DK Metcalf right now. They're going to have their hands full with him, as well as Tyler Lockett. Um, and I just I, I think the Giants are going to lose this game pretty badly. I want to say it's a 10-point spread, and I would swallow those 10 points. 
Um, so much like Philadelphia traveling to Green Bay, I think the Giants take that long flight to Seattle and they get their ass whipped pretty handily. How about you? I definitely think they lose. I think the Giants lose this game, but I think it's a lot closer than you think. It's interesting when Colt McCoy, formerly with the Washington Redskins, as you stated before, when he showed up for like Monday to like primetime games for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because he was a high profile college quarterback and he kind of loves the limelight. He always shows out. Like I remember one year he threw like four touchdowns, Monday night football. I'm like, Colt Colt McCoy is my new guy. You know what I mean? And, I don't know if necessarily if he has, um, you know, great communication or, or uh, you know, great relationships with his receivers and if they're if the timing's going to be off. But I do see him busting his ass on this game and running and, and you know, lowering the shoulder or whatever he's got to do to make a statement why he's still in the league. And it, this is his game. This is For literally sure. his game. And you know that um, – what's his face? I don't know. Who was his face? Damn it. Can you give me any uh, kind of hint, a position, or a team uh, even? No, no. Uh, the quarterback, Nothing. the starting quarterback, the starting quarterback. Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones. Sorry. Sorry. You know Daniel Jones is coming back more than likely next week with his hamstring. So this is his game. This is his game, and I, I do see him throwing a couple of touchdowns. Definitely throwing a pick or two, but definitely getting a couple of touchdowns in there. So I think they're going to cover the spread. For sure. Seattle's defense, um, which was a liability at the beginning of the season, they've really come on these past couple of weeks. Uh, the trade for Carlos Dunlap um, has really paid off for them. They got him from Cincinnati. And they have another um, rookie, I believe his name is LJ Collier or Collier out of TCU. He's come on to so their pass rush. has gotten uh, much improved here these past couple of weeks. And Jamal Adams is a baller. He, they traded from him from the Jets at the beginning of the season, and he's really starting to show up. He had a big game on Monday night against uh, – Carson and the Eagles. So I, I, I do not see this being a competitive game. Um, I do not think Colt McCoy is going to show up um, because this game's not in prime time. It's at 430. So unfortunately, Colt's not going to be able to um, have those uh, those prime time moments that you uh, you talk what about. Day, what day is that? I thought it, for whatever reason it was a Tuesday game. No, the Cowboys play on Tuesday. We're going to get to them. Um, unfortunately, okay. so I'd rather not. Four thirty. They play at four thirty. Yeah, they're your okay. basic. They're, I mean, it's in Seattle. It's, it's still actually, kind of prime time in a way. It's probably on in, TV. In Seattle, because it's in the West Coast, it's technically going to be one thirty. So it'll be Got an it. afternoon. It'll be an afternoon game in Seattle, and it's going to be ugly. I think the Giants um, walk out of there uh, licking their wounds and uh, praying that Daniel Jones comes back next week. Uh, but although the Giants are going to take the L, I still think that they will be in first place because now we're going to Monday night, and the Washington Football Team travels to the Steel City to play the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, much like the first two games, I think the Washington football team has no chance of winning this game. You guys are coming. I got some momentum. Got a little win streak going. You beat the Cowboys pretty bad, but this is a whole nother ball game. This is not the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers here. James Conner is questionable coming off the COVID list. Um, but even if he doesn't play, they have Benny Snell, a nice running back. They have a trio of wide receivers. That is frightening. I know you uh, like to talk about your Washington pass defense, but I don't think you have the bodies to cover Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, as well as Eric Ebron, a real red zone threat at tight ends. So I just think the Steelers are going to be too much for you guys. They did suffer a huge loss having Bud Dupree tear their ACL in the fourth quarter of last night's game against Baltimore. 
And that was a tough, that was a highly contested game between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. But that's a rivalry. And I, I think that's why it was a highly contested game. And for God's sake, they played it on a Wednesday afternoon. It was just, it was just a weird kind of COVID game. And uh, Pittsburgh is going to be have a short rest on this on this game. But I just think they're too good for y'all. I mean, you guys are playing well and you can beat a, a lot of football teams in this league right now. But the Pittsburgh Steelers sure as hell aren't one of them. Do you give your football team a chance to win this game? I really do. I absolutely you really give my do. Washington surprise football team. Me. I really do. Steelers on five-day rest. They played RG3, bro. And they won by one point. RG3. RG knee, dog. They, like, they I was did. worried for him every time he ran the ball. I mean, it was pitiful, he, the Ravens' offense. It was. He took off hilarious. for a nice 40-yard run. He still got speed. Straight line speed is still Anyways, with, with Bud Dupree out, I am worried about the pressure on Alex Smith. I know he's going to be dumping and dinking all over the place in the first quarter, but eventually, hopefully, it up, opens up a little bit across the middle of the field. I see Scary Terry doing his standard 80 yards maybe for a touchdown. I see Antonio giving – Gibson getting a touchdown this game. I don't think the Steelers have seen an offense of like uh, offense like this in a little oh while. I think they, I played God. some. I think they played the Cowboys recently, and then they played RG three. So I don't know how much, uh, you know, how much offensive firepower they've seen as of recent. Okay, of I know they're. I know they're. Yeah, 10 be very and careful with your words. I know they're. I know they're ten and zero. Okay, but I think they're the. By far the most overrated team in the league. Delhi will kill me when I say this, but I also picked them for the Super Bowl, and I do not deny. I think they. I still think they're going to the Super Bowl. I do think that they're a little bit overrated. I think they're a little too big for their britches, and I think Washington's defensive line is kind of going to set the tone on that front end. And if they do set the tone against the offensive line and Big Ben gets some pressure that he's not really used to, I love this game. I love the Washington football team, and I think we win this game by at least three points. Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, we got to keep some kind of integrity on the NFC East feast, bro. Come on. You cannot. We'll see, pick- bro. We'll see. We'll I see. Do, I do want to throw you a little bit of a bone here. Um, one of the editors for NFL.com, I was doing some homework before this. Um, I believe his name is Greg Rosenthal. His headline was Week 13 Stunner. Steelers suffer their first loss to the Washington football team. So there's actually two morons in America who think that the Washington football team have a chance. So congratulations. You're not alone. And I know you mentioned uh, Delhi, our diehard Steelers best friend. So let's bring on Delhi for a second and let him diagnose how he thinks his undefeated Steelers will do against your Washington team. Yo, 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 yo. What up, guys? Calling in. Hope everything's going good, guys. And uh, here to talk about Hey, just just to make everyone aware, Delhi wanted to know, let us know that he's calling in as he's calling in. Just want to make sure. Yes, no, no he's Deli, calling Deli's in, a, right? He's calling in. Yeah, no, Delhi, Delhi's a man of facts. Okay, he's not, he's he's in, he's shooting you straight. Okay, just want you to let him finish. Steelers versus the Washington Boys Club matchup this week. Oh, the Washington Boys, Boys Club. Club! Wow, Howard, damn, love it, Delhi. Come on, keep coming, Bubba. No, I'm just playing GBR. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Everyone obviously wants to be Steelers, so, but I don't know, man. After that Ravens game, um, you know, the Ravens had 19, I believe, 19 people off the inactive roster, or I mean, off the uh, inactive, like, off the roster. Um, 
you know, they they should have walked them, man. You know, RG3, you know, and they're, I don't know who the third string quarterback was, but they should have, you know, they should have. Delhi does not know who the Ravens' third string quarterback is. I'm going to call you out, Aaron Ardelli, because the third string quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens is Trace McSorley from Penn State. And you being a Pennsylvania native and on your father is a big Penn State fan, shout out to Jim Nardelli, you should know that Trace McSorley came in the game and threw a touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown. Onward. Blew him out of the water. And, you know, they went him back in that game. They almost lost that game. And I'm not even going to sit here and say that they're going to lose to Washington because I don't think they're going to lose to Washington. But Washington's coming out of that hype game. Steelers don't got Bud Dupree, I don't believe. And I'm pretty sure they still don't got Connor, even though Snails, you know, pretty much you know, a good backup. But I don't know, man. But I feel like Washington, after Washington had that big win against Dallas, you know, they're going to come with some, some energy and they're going to want to, you know, put the Steelers, have, give them the first loss. So I don't know. But I'm going to predict that it's going to be a close game all the way through. It's going to be uh, real, real close. And at the end, the Steelers are going to pull away. I'm predicting 27 to 17, the Steelers. All right. Appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you all later. Peace. And we appreciate you, Delhi. I like his uh, his uh, prediction on that. I, I think you guys are a good enough defense to hang in there and keep it competitive. I think at the end of the day, the Steelers will win by two scores because I think that your guys' secret to success these past few weeks has definitely been Antonio Gibson. I mean, I think the dude's up to 11 rushing touchdowns on the year. Very impressive, man. There's a highly contested offensive rookie of the year debate going on right now. I think your guy um, has his stake. Um, he could be the in- the clubhouse favorite right now. My vote would go to Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers, only because of the position he plays and the load that he is shouldering carrying that Chargers team. Um, also, our boy Justin Jefferson of Minnesota is having a hell of a year. A lot of rookies around the league are really balling. But I think um, although Bud Dupree is out, and Devin Bush um, has been out for some time for the Steelers. You still got, in my opinion, the defensive player of the year in TJ Watt, along with Cam Hayward um, and Stefan Tewitt. Those are some big boys on that D-line. And I don't think your offensive line is exactly a strength, and I don't think you guys are going to be able to establish the run. And then Alex Smith will be exposed for the mediocre quarterback that he is, and um, Terry McLaurin will be your only option in offense. And as soon as you take him away, not a whole lot of firepower going on. So I think the Steelers win by a couple touchdowns. But I respect you and Greg Rosenthal going out on a limb. And if, God forbid, you guys do pull off this upset on Monday, I will not be on the podcast next week. I will have a substitute because I will not be able to deal with you. <laughs> so let's no, end I, think, the week. I think this is Alex's game. I think this is, is Alex's, Alex's game, game where he breaks out. It's one of those games where it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a game for him. It is. All right. I look forward to that is a Monday at five o'clock. There's a Monday night double header. So that'll be the early game on Monday. So make sure you get off work early and uh, get in front of the TV for that one. Now let's uh, finish the week with some Tuesday night football, of course, um, because of the COVID and the Ravens playing last Wednesday night, um, the Cowboys and the Ravens were bumped to Tuesday. So uh, Tuesday at eight o'clock, my Dallas Cowboys will hobble their way to Baltimore to play the Ravens who should have most of their guys back. Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and uh, Mark Ingram, the running backs, will be back. And that is bad news for my Dallas Cowboys, man, because we're coming off of a bad loss. I mean, we're going to have almost an entire two weeks of preparation going into this game. So I think because we have time to prepare, um, we have a chance to keep it close for the first half. 
I mean, maybe we can contain Lamar Jackson, but I mean, our defense is so pathetic. I, I can easily see Lamar getting 100 yards rushing in this one. Um, the three-headed monster running back, I already talked about it, Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, along with Gus the Bus Edwards. They're going to pound the rock, man. They're going to run all over us. Um, I see Mark Andrews having a good game. We struggle um, uh, covering tight ends. Uh, your boy Logan Thomas had a nice game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Hollywood Brown is a speed demon at wide receiver. He, he frightens me. None of our defensive backs have any chance of keeping up with him. And to flip on the other side of the ball, the Ravens defense is big time, brother. I mean, when, when you line up uh, with their front seven um, and our beat-up offensive line, um, Zach Martin's going to be out this game. I've, I've spoken at nauseum how much I am so sick of Ezekiel Elliott. I'm actually in the fantasy playoffs this week. Um, shout out to John Warman's fantasy league. Um, and I will have Ezekiel Elliott on my bench. Okay. And that says a lot. Um, him and my boy, Tony Pollard isn't going to have much of a game either. I believe the Ravens have only allowed four rushing touchdowns the entire season to opponents. And I do not see a fifth coming in this one, buddy. Um, Amari Cooper is going to get bottled up. So we'll see D lamb and Michael Gallup. Um, I love the Ravens back end. We talked about them in previous weeks. I love safety Chuck Clark. I think they got the best duo of cornerbacks in the league with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. I don't see the Cowboys moving the ball on this one, man. I think it's a pretty bad loss. We're going to suffer in Baltimore. I'll go Ravens 26 Cowboys 13. How do you think my boys uh, face off against this black and purple roster? I got to give you kudos. That was probably one of the best breakdowns I've heard from you the entire year with well, the NFC East feast. Thank I don't know much. how I could possibly talk about anything <laughs> in this game other than the, how trash the Cowboys are. Oh no, there's plenty uh, of talk. I don't about want to that. repeat. I, I think you got it. I, I, mean, you got nailed I, it? I think you're right. Zeke was six fumble. I think you know. I, I don't know what else to say poorly about you and and great about the Ravens, other than what you just said. So I'll move forward and say the Ravens will win by twenty one points. Ravens by twenty one. I think that's fair. And uh, speaking speaking of points, I think we have to end it as always with our boy Jay Ludd shooting. I mean, dude, Ludd has a tough task against him this week because I think all of the games are huge spreads. So I don't know if I don't think he's going to be swallowing this week. But let's let the expert tell us how he feels. Jay Ludd, where you at? Welcome back to the NFC East Feast Week 13. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving break. Um, I really enjoyed the Thanksgiving special that George and uh, Brian had put on. So back to reality, we got four games this week. We got Philly at Green Bay, New York Giants at Seattle, Washington at Pittsburgh, and the Dallas Cowboys at the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm going to start with the Philly at Green Bay game. Green Bay's favored minus nine. So last year, the Eagles had marched into Lambeau Field and stole a victory after being down by double digits in the first half. So I don't think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to forget that from last year. So Good point by Luz. I forgot that Philly pulled off the upset against Green Bay last year. Always does his homework, man. Respect. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um I don't think they cover the spread, though. I'm going to take the Eagles plus nine. I think the Packers win 31-24. Next game, New York Giants at Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored minus 10 um, at home. So Daniel Jones is out this week with a hamstring. Colt McCoy is going to be starting for the G-men. 
I don't think the G-Men stand a chance this week, keeping up with Seattle and that offense. Seattle wins big this game. I'm taking Seattle minus 10, total score 33-16. to 16. Next game, Washington football team at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are favored minus 8.5 at home. So I don't think Pittsburgh looked that good last night coming off, um, you know, that win, that victory over the Ravens. Uh, they're also going to be on a short week. I'm taking the Washington football team plus eight and a half. I do have the Steelers winning, though, 27 to 20. Last but not least, Dallas Cowboys at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are favored by a touchdown minus seven at home. So <clears throat> Dallas has practically had two weeks off. You know, last game being played on Thanksgiving. So just about two weeks. Baltimore is going to be on short rest. Um, and they just haven't been impressive. They've lost three straight games. I think they do bounce back and get a win in a tight game here. I'm taking the Cowboys plus seven. Total score 27-24 Ravens. Um, picks have been a little off and on this year, boys, but I'm feeling pretty confident this week. Um, points are pretty high, so I'm not swallowing like usual. Mm-hmm. Um, I am taking the Seahawks, obviously, though. But um, take my picks. Take them with confidence. Talk to you boys next week. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Luds. We appreciate the knowledge as always. And to recap, Luds is only swallowing the Seahawks against the Giants this week. Um, he is going to uh, take the plus points with your Washington football team, my Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a tough week of betting, man. It's like I said, th- this is this is week thirteen, man, for a reason. This is a scary week for the NFC East. I respect your confidence. You think you have a chance to pull off that upset victory. I see zero chance that any of the NFC East, um, well, we're going to call it just, we'll just go ahead and say the NFC East, the NFC least. Uh, has any chance of winning. I think it's going to be an offer and that we're going to be sitting in the same spot next week with the Washington football team and New York giants tied for first place. Well, I think it makes it more fun. The worse the division is and the more of a reality it becomes that the winner of this division is probably going to be at five or six wins and host a playoff game and a, a little trivia for you. I got the, actually this from our boy, Ed. Thanks again, Ed, for the contribution. Um, the teams who have went to the playoffs hosting a game, with a losing record, we're actually undefeated in the first round. So I would love nothing more for the New York football giants or the Washington football team to get a win. And I, I will say this right now. I will state this right now. No matter who wins the division, I will be rooting like hell for the NFC East champion to pull off an upset against a team like the Buccaneers in the first round. I think it would be hilarious. Oh, 100%. What, what, I want to ask you because I have a particular team in mind that went to the playoffs at 7-9. and nine. Do you remember the last time someone like uh, a seven and nine team went in the playoffs and they won? Was it the Beast Quake, Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, Matt Hasselback, Sean Alexander, bro. I remember oh, yeah. that for whatever reason. I love that team, and it's just interesting you brought that up. And Ed, Ed uh, had that stat. It, it, now I'm, I'm I curious. Think they, I think they beat the Saints. I want to say I that can't year. remember who they beat. I just remember number forty-two. The DB from the Saints was just awful the entire game. Um, yeah, anyways, I have like, I a quote, for whatever reason, I remember that game pretty clearly. But but no, it's it, it, it goes to say, when you have a home playoff game, anything can happen. As Chris Berman says, that's why they play the game. But thank you all again for tuning in. We had so much fun with the Thanksgiving special. We're back on the mics this week. 
And uh, we look forward to week 13 of the NFC East. Let's see if uh, one of these teams can prove me wrong and get a hard-fought road victory. Thank you all. Gang, gang.